0: The struggle is real, isn't it? I'm Darren. I'm one of the pastors here at Focus 314. And, and we're in week two of a, of a three-week series called Struggles. It's a series based off of one of my favorite authors and one of my favorite pastors, Pastor Craig Groeschel, And, and what we're doing is we're we're looking at, at the struggles that we have in this world. That anybody ever have struggle anybody got struggles up in here, you know? Like anybody brave enough to say, I can tell you that. There are struggles that each and every single one of us have. And, and what we're doing is we're, we're kind of looking at the struggles that all of us face through the lens of something that all of us use. And, and that's this little little device that, that each and every single one of us carry around with us. How, let me ask you a question. Anybody love technology? Anybody just a super fan of technology? Like, I got to tell you, like, I, I love technology. I love technology. Gadgets anybody like see a new gadget come around and they're like I need I want that I don't know I need that inside of my life I don't even know what it does necessarily, but anybody like that am I the only one? I know I'm not the only one like that come on now some of y'all are just like no I'm just like I'm afraid to be able to say it because I feel like you're setting me up for something right anybody have how about this one? anybody have a love-hate relationship with technology Oh, now, now, now we're hitting a little closer to home. Like, like uh, you love it, but it's so infuriating at times, right? Like, can it not just work? I just want things to work. Anybody feel you have a love-hate relationship with technology, right? Well, I just want to let you know that that what we're talking about, it's not just, it's not, it's not hating on technology. You know, we're, we're not trying to have a message and a series against technology, because I would, I would think that we could all agree that, that technology is good, right? Like, anybody like air conditioning? Yeah. Come on now, you know, we live in Arizona, we all are very thankful for air conditioning, aren't we, right? Like, anybody love the fact that you have a garage door opener, yeah. right? Like we, so we like technology, it's not a message against technology, but, but what we need to do is we need to figure out how technology plays into our life. That's something that all of us need to, to figure out and to talk through. Because, see, I'll tell you that for myself, I truly do have a love-hate relationship with, with gadgets and technology. Because I might be the person in here that that I love it the most. Like, I love new things and, and shiny things. And, like, I'm like, this is so fun, like, to be able to. Like, anybody go to the mall and they see that little that little helicopter thing that the dude puts their hand out, like, you know, look, it's not even touching my hand. I could just go, anybody know what I'm talking about? I want one of those. I, I'm never going to play with it in my house, but I see it at the mall, and I'm like, ooh, that's that amazing. It's, I love all that stuff, but, but I have a, a love-hate relationship with it, and, and here's the reason why for me, is because, because many times what I find for myself when it comes to technology, when it comes to specifically things like this right here, is that... Many times, these things I do not own, they own me. Carrie Nywolf, a pastor up in Canada, he said it very well. He said this. He said, like money, social media is a great servant, but a horrible master. Technology can be a great servant. We can use it to do amazing things. Even as I'm sitting here right now, my house is getting vacuumed. Come on, somebody. Aren't you so thankful for that? Right? Like I'm working hard, vacuuming the house, you know, but, but it's a horrible master. And what we can find ourselves doing is being so attached and perhaps even addicted to this little thing that we have inside of our purses inside of our pockets or maybe just inside of your hand at all times you might not realize it but this thing right here it can be an incredible distraction paul said it this way in 1 corinthians he said i have the right to do anything there's freedom when we serve christ i have the right to do anything but but not everything is beneficial Right? Like, I can go to Arby's every single day. That's not necessarily beneficial for us, is it? Right? Like, the big roast beef sandwich is going to come up and bite you at some point. Right? Like, it's not beneficial for you to have, I have the right to do anything. But I will not be mastered by anything. Come on now. I love that passage so much. It speaks to the freedom that Christ gives us. But we don't want to be mastered by anything. These things can be a great servant to us, and we can use them in a powerful way. But if we're not careful, we can find ourselves being slaves to them themselves. Now, I can tell you that uh, for some of you in here, that, that's not an issue at all, right? Like You have, you have no issue being a, a, a slave to technology or to your phone or anything. Especially, like, so if that's you today, then man, you get the day off. Just sit back and relax and be like, I don't know, I'm not a slave. If you're like my wife who's never been mastered by anything. (laughs) So true. I'm telling you, like, I say it kind of a joke, but it's true. I don't think she's ever, like, she's just, she's amazing at everything. If you're like her, just sit back. And if you hear something that you know is going to speak to your neighbor, just give them one of these, you know? Like, that's what you get to be able to do today, okay? But perhaps... Perhaps you're more attached to this thing than you might realize. Perhaps you're more attached to this thing than, than you might even want to admit. So what I would like to do, even as we start, is to, to just evaluate that. Can we just take a moment and, in our own hearts, in our own minds, and say, you know, like, what is, how am I to this? Now, don't think about it for your spouse, Okay. Some of you are like, I'm already knowing this, this, this one over here is totally... No, do, just for a second, just see how attached you are for this. In fact, there's a lot of studies that are actually going on right now when it comes to what, what kind of impact uh, these, these things are having, these devices are having for us. And so here are some indicators, some top indicators. Uh, you can do a lot of research on this, but here are some top indicators on how maybe attached you might be more than you realize to these little devices. So here's some of them. Number 1 is the first and last thing in your day, your phone. Is the first thing that you do in the morning, reach over to your nightstand or reach underneath your pillow because it's right beside you is the that is the first thing that you do is you, you grab this. And is the last thing that you do at night before you're going to sleep is you You've charged it, and now you got to look at that magical little screen before you put it down. Is it the first and the last thing that you do inside of your day? Or, or how about this? When you're on this little thing, uh, is it, it, do you lose track of time? Like all of a sudden, you're, you're just sitting there. You've got nothing going on, so you pick it up, you swipe it up, and you just soak it all in, right? And then all of a sudden, you're like, where did the two hours go? I don't even know and now I'm down to 60% of my battery. What happened here? Do you lose track of time at all with this thing? Or, or how about this? Do you use it during social settings? Are you completely okay using your phone and checking your phone when you're on a date with your boyfriend, your girlfriend, with your spouse? You're at a party and there's a, a moment of, of little pause and so what do you do? You just you grab it and I gotta check this thing. Do you, is it okay for you to use it during social settings when other people are around? Or how about this one? Does this hit home to anybody? Your battery never lasts through the day? Well, it's because my phone battery is horrible. I got to carry this extra a, a external battery because my battery is just horrible. Anybody ever use that excuse? Anybody scared right now? Like, everybody's like, uh, no. Don't look in my purse for that. I got two external batteries in there, right? Anybody feeling that a little bit? How about some of this? Do you take your phone to the throne? Some of you are like, I don't even know how to do my business without it anymore. How about that? Right? Now this is getting a little bit closer to home here. How about this? social media is truly stressful for you you continue to check it but you get angry you get stressful about it the university of derby in in the uk they did a, a study specifically on this of how how somebody views politics in their attachment with social media 46% of those who use social media on, on a regular basis on a daily basis have a negative outlook upon politics compared to only 20% of people who check it once a week. Is social media is it stressful? Does it have a negative impact on you? A little bit of cyberbullying for some people. Is it stressful? How about this one? You check your phone in the middle of the night. I gotta wake up and go to the bathroom, but well, since I'm up, right? Nobody do that? No, of course not, that's nobody in here. How about this one? Anybody ever get phantom vibrations? All of a sudden you're like, do I get a call? No, there's nothing, nothing. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. Because this thing, this thing is attached to us a little bit more than what we might realize. Now, I want you to understand again, this is not a message against phones. It's not'm I'm not I'm not saying that phones are the are the the death of our society. I'm not saying that that everything that comes along with this is the death of our society because people felt the same way about radio, didn't they? They felt the same way about TV. They felt the same way about video games. We're still going, aren't we? But we've got to be able to figure out how these things affect us and make sure that they are not mastering us but that we are mastering them because we will not be mastered by anything the, this phone thing though is becoming serious in fact there's there's a a, a new a term which is very serious in psychological circles right now and that term is called nomophobia and that, that that word means a fear of not being connected to your phone it's a, it's a very real and a very serious anxiety that people are facing today. In fact, 66% of people, 66%, which is two-thirds, two-thirds of people having an anxiety if, they, if their battery runs out during the middle of the day. You got, you got some anxiety if your battery runs out and you, you don't have new way to charge it. How are, you gonna, how are you gonna be able to function, right? That, that number goes up to 76% if you're talking about 18 to 25-year-olds. This is a very real thing that we're dealing with. You lose your phone someplace, I don't even, what am I going to do? I don't even know what to do. I don't, I, this became really evident to me of how big of a deal this is just earlier in the month. So as a church, we, we went through a, um, seven days of prayer and fasting as we were leading up to the Easter season. Everybody anybody remember that that was here for that? And the thing that I felt God was, was placing upon my heart to fast was not a fast of food, not of specific food, uh, but a fast of my phone. Where I literally set my phone down on my nightstand and I left it there for, for seven days. And it became evident to me of, of how big of a deal this is even right after that message. Right after that message, I, I was out in the lobby and, and hearing from so many people just here in our church of like, I don't, how are you going to be able to survive this week? Like, how are you going to be able to, how are you going to get anywhere? How are you, what, what, what happens? What happens if you're someplace and, and something happens? What are you going to do? And, and like, I, I could just see the anxiety that was building up in somebody of, of me not having my phone. Like the, the thought of, of just me not having it be, put anxiety on them. And some of you were them. You know what I'm talking about. This is a real thing. And so what we're seeing is, is that we're, we're getting mastered by this little tiny device. And it's pulling us and distracting us away from what God really has for us. In fact, like again, I want to say it's not a message against that. It's not. I love technology I want to be able to use it. But maybe for some of you it might be It might be using you more than what you feel like you're using it. Here's some statistics for some of you of how big of a deal this is. 58% of people in in America today can't go one hour without checking their phone. Can you go one hour without checking your phone? 59% of people check email as soon as they get that notification. As soon as that... Little bing comes in, you know, so, and I'm not, man, you look at my phone. I do not have little red circles anywhere. I can't handle red circles, people. I can't do it. Some of y'all have some red circles. That brings me anxiety. Those red circles, like I see some of your email and it's got over a hundred. I can't, I'm like, I don't even, I can't, I can't. Right? And so, and so what I had to do was I simply, I turned off the notification of it. You, you know, you can do that, right? You know, you have the ability to do that. But many people can't. I have to be connected at all times and know what's happening at all times. How about this one? 89% of people, they daily check their email while on vacation. You're on vacation. Come on now. Like the reason why you go on vacation is to disconnect. and But you're checking it daily. Well, they're not gonna be able to survive without me. None of you have said that before, have you? Nobody ever think that before, right? It's just too important. I, just, I, I shouldn't have even taken a vacation during this time. because, Yeah, right, it's just too important all the time. 80% of teenagers sleep with their phones. And then they wonder why they're worn out and tired all the time. Somebody needs to take a phone away. That's all I'm saying. Get a charging station in your house, okay? It's powerful. 84% believe that they can't go one day without your phone. Even as I I said I was going to fast from my phone for seven days, I had some people come up to me and they were like, Pastor, I think that's amazing that you're doing that, but I can't do it. Those are words that you use. You don't believe that you can do it. This is something that has just come into our culture in the last decade and yet we cannot even imagine functioning without it anymore. Is it, Is it something that you own? Or is it something that's owning you? We will not be mastered by anything. Now here's the thing that's happening because of that: is because we get so distracted throughout the day. You have a moment. You just have one single moment where there's a moment where you're not doing anything. You're standing in line at the grocery store. And you're standing in line. What are you going to do at the grocery store? What am I going to do? Am I just going to look at people? I don't have time to look at people. What do you do? Grab the phone out. And I'm going to sit there and I'm just going to check stuff as I'm just sitting in here. And i got time to be able to just get disconnected from everything. And I'm just going to, I'm sitting down watching TV. Well, TV, there's a commercial that just came on and it's not on DVR, so I can't fast forward through it. Well, now I'm bored, so what am I going to do? Pick it up, swipe it up, soak it up. That's all we find ourselves. Hello, am I speaking to anybody today? I'm speaking to every single person in here because this is what we all do now. We all find ourselves in this place where, if we have one single moment, then we're going to check our phone. And then what happens for many of us is we get so used to and so accustomed to checking our phone that even while we're in the middle of doing some serious work, we get bored for a second. What are we going to do? I'm just going to pick this up real quick. This. Is- Set it down. And we have found ourselves unable to be productive and effective in our work because we are getting distracted all the time. Now here's where this really leads to. Is that many of us in here, I'm just tired. Anybody tired? Anybody just worn out? And you don't even know why. I don't even understand why I'm so tired and so worn out. I don't even understand why, I, why am I so frustrated all the time? Why are the smallest little things setting me off, things that normally wouldn't? Why, why am I getting so, just? I'm just irritable? And it's not the bowel thing, you know? Like, why, why am I so irritable? That was gross, wasn't it? That was gross. I don't even know why I said that. I didn't write that on my notes, that one just came out, right? Like. But why is it? It's because what we're doing is that we might sit down and we have a moment for our body to rest, but we're never allowing our mind to rest. We're constantly going. We're constantly spinning our wheels. We're constantly getting distracted. And as we're constantly getting distracted, we're finding ourselves getting wore out and getting tired and we're all longing for, I just want some rest. Am I speaking to anybody now? The struggle is real, isn't it? I'm just, I'm just tired. I'm just wore out. I just, I just need some rest. And every single one of us would agree that our bodies need to rest. But what I'm going to suggest to you today is that what you truly need is you need to be able to find rest in your soul. You need to be able to find some rest in your soul. And what this thing is doing, this little device that we're constantly getting distracted from, is it's not allowing us to even have one moment of rest in our soul. Sure, you're sitting down. It might feel like you're relaxing, but you pick it up, swipe it up, and you soak it up, and your mind is constantly spinning and spinning and spinning and spinning and spinning. And then you wonder why you're so worn out. Why you're so tired and the struggle that we have is a struggle to find some rest in a busy and a hectic world the struggles real the struggle is for every single one of us in here I know it because I hear you talk about it. I know it because it happens in my house as well let's just be honest for one second And say, I might not be attached to that. I might not be as addicted as some people. But I know that I struggle to be able to find some rest. Not just rest for my body. I need to find some rest for my soul. And if we're not going to find rest, I'm going to tell you, it can lead us to a very dangerous place. And we're going to see how that happens. We all need to find rest in our soul. Hebrews 4, 9-11 says, I got good news for you. There is special rest. Oh, man. Like, speak that over me. Anybody want some special rest? I don't want just normal rest. I want a special kind of rest today. There is a special rest still waiting. you feel the hope in that? There is a rest that's waiting for you as God's people you're a son and a daughter of God. There is rest. There is a special kind of rest for you. For all who have entered into. That you enter into God's. What? Somebody help me out. You enter into God's rest. Have rested from their labors just as God did after creating the world. So let us do our best to do what? Enter into his Anybody speaking some life into you right now even? Man, that, I want to have that hope of rest. I've been so tired. I've been going. I've been burning at both ends. I don't even know why. I'm just so tired all the time. There is a special rest for you. But you've got to do your best to enter into it. It doesn't happen by accident. You don't stumble into rest. You don't just happen to be like, what happened? I don't know, but I'm just so restful right now. Did you change anything in your life? No, I didn't change anything. It just like hit me on top of the head. No, you have to be purposeful and intentional to enter into his rest. And if you don't, if we disobey God, oh man, if we disobey God in entering into his rest, if we, if we choose to say, I, you know, I don't have time for rest. I don't have time for that. There are things that need to be done. There are things there are there are Instagram notifications that need to be answered right now. I've got to do it. I don't have these five text messages as I'm sitting down, they need to be answered right now. This email is waiting for a reply from me at this exact moment. I do not have time for rest. And if you choose that path, If you choose the path to continue to be distracted and you choose that path to constantly keep your mind going, guess what's going to happen to you? You're going to fall. You're going to find yourself doing things that you never would have done otherwise. You're going to find yourself in a place where you're like, why is your marriage struggling? I don't even know. I don't even know. I I don't know why we're fighting all the time. I don't even know what we're fighting about. I don't know. Why is it? Because you haven't entered into his rest. You're so tired and you're so worn out. You're so distracted by everything. You don't even understand why. If you disobey entering into his rest, what's going to happen to you? You're going to fall. Why is it so important for us to talk about this? Because my hope for you is that you will be able to keep your focus upon God and that you're not gonna be distracted by everything that this world has to offer and that you will have an opportunity to enter into his rest. rest. Today, there is rest. And that rest, it's waiting for you. It's waiting for you. It's here for you today. You feel like you can't find any rest. You feel like there. let me tell you, today, it's waiting for you. You simply enter in. And that rest is there. And my hope is that for none of us, that we will fall away. It's God's hope that none should perish or fall away, but that each and every single one of us will have everlasting life. And I'm going to tell you, the way to be able to do that is if you enter into his, come on now, is rest. The struggle to find rest is very real. And the reason why this world wants to be able to, I'm telling you, the enemy wants to throw distractions at you. The enemy wants to keep your mind moving at all times. Why? So that you won't find rest. This struggle is real because if you don't find rest, what's gonna happen? You're gonna fall. Which is exactly what the enemy wants you to do. He has come to steal, steal, and destroy what? Your rest. And distract you in ways that you don't even realize because we're not finding rest for our soul. I love the way that St. Augustine said it. He said it this way. He said, God, you have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our soul is restless until it finds rest in you. The choice is yours to be able to enter into a special kind of rest, a rest for your soul, And it's found in Christ and in Christ alone. There is a special rest for you today. Have hope that there is rest for you today. You just simply enter in. You make the choice. And you're going to be able to find some rest for your soul. I love the way that Jesus said it right here. He said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. Anybody weary and burdened? Anybody tired and wore out today? I know you are. Even if you're not raising your hand, you're like, I can't even raise my hand because I'm so tired and wore out. I can't even give you a nod like this because I'm so tired and wore out, but inside your soul, you know exactly what it is. And he said, come to me and I will give you? Come on now. Jesus is here to offer you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. and I am gentle and humble in heart. So you will find? In where? Your soul. This is what God wants for us. Not just to rest for our bodies. It's not time for just a nap. It's time for you to be able to find rest in your soul. In your soul. That's what Jesus has for every single one of us. He said, just come to me, and you're gonna be able to find rest in your soul. How many of you are ready to enter into that kind of rest today? You just said, come on now. Like You said it's waiting for me. What do I need to do? How do I get to that place? I have two very practical ways. I'm telling you, these are so practical that I can believe that they can be life-changing for you. If you're sitting in here today and you don't even want to acknowledge it, but you are tired and you are wore out, you don't know why you're so frustrated, you don't know why you're just infuriated at every little small thing that happens, that there is rest for you, and there are some simple, very practical ways that I believe can revolutionize your life. If you want to be able to enter into that rest, number one, here's the thing that you need to do. You need to be still. Be still. I love this passage, Psalm 4610. Be still and know that I am God. You want to know God? What do you need to do? Be still. Be still. And again, I'm not talking about like sitting down and then picking up your phone, getting the five text messages, getting all those Facebook messages out of the way, fantastic. And now I'm sitting there like, oh, Candy Crush looks great right now. Let's play this game for a little bit. No because that, then your mind is constantly spinning. I don't even know what games people play. Is it Candy Crush anymore? I don't even know if it still is. Some of you are like, heck yeah, man, I'm on level 2500, you know, I don't know where it is. But whatever you're doing is you're finding a distraction in something else. I'm telling you to sit down and be still. Five minutes to sit down and do nothing. Most of you are horrible at it. <laughs> Psalm 131.2 says, I have calmed and quieted myself. Five minutes doesn't seem like a long time, does it? It's eternity when you're sitting there doing nothing. Be still. I'm telling you, the way to be able to do that, you need to, you need to disconnect. Disconnect from everything else that's going on around you. You find solitude, you're going to find stillness. Jesus found solitude and stillness in so many different distractions. There are distractions in this world all over the place. The things that we get distracted by, check this out. We get distracted by work. Anybody get distracted by work? During non-working hours? Right. Working hours, what are those? I don't even know what those are anymore, right? That's just what I get paid for. Everything's work all the time. We get distracted by work. How did Jesus respond during the middle of work? The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all that they had done and taught. They were working, they were fulfilling ministry, they were in the middle of work. Then, because so many people were coming and going, that they did not have a chance to eat. Anybody work that much? Right? You didn't even have a. I didn't even have a chance to eat today. Right? We've all been there before. And how did Jesus respond? Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place to get some. You got to withdraw. You need to find a place of solitude. When the distraction of work becomes too much, you got to pull yourself away. Jesus did it. It's an example for us. What are some other things that we get distracted by? This is a big one. Grief. Grief just, it hits us, doesn't it? It becomes overwhelming for us. How did Jesus respond during the middle of grief? Check it out. When Jesus heard that what had happened, which was that his, his cousin, John the Baptist, had just died. The person who baptized him, who ushered him into ministry and showed the world who he was, he just heard that his cousin died. He withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place to find some rest, to find a way to be able to help with the distractions of this world. We get distracted. We get distracted by work. We get distracted by grief. What are some other things? How about decision making? Anybody got a big decision and you're you're just spinning. It's constantly going all the time. You got a big thing that's going on. How did Jesus respond during the middle of decision making? Check this one out. On those days, on one of those days, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray. And what was he praying for? He was praying on who of the disciples, who the people that were around him, he needed to pick out the 12 that were gonna be the 12. He had a big decision that was in front of him. And what did he do? He found a solitary place. And he went and he prayed. We get distracted by so many things. And Jesus, when we see this happen, he withdrew to a private place so that he could find some rest to be able to make sure that he was focused on what he needed to do. Distractions are going to hit us. They're going to hit us with work. They're going to hit us with grief. They're going to hit us with some, some decision making. How about stress? Anybody ever get stressed out? Right? And you are stressed out. It's a constant distraction for us. How to deal with stress? How did Jesus deal with it? He had a major point of stress. He was getting ready to die on a cross. Anybody had so much stress that, that you begin to have drops of blood begin to pour out from your forehead because you got capillaries that are bursting? Anybody has been that stressed out? Jesus was, and how did he respond to that stress? He withdrew, and I love how it starts. He went out as usual. This was a constant practice for him. He withdrew to find some rest so that he would not fall. The struggle is real for us because the enemy wants to keep us distracted from Jesus, but we want to be here to help lead you to focus on Jesus no matter what life is going on. Distractions are going to get you to fall. Devices and other things are going to get you to fall away. We need to find rest so that we can stay focused on what God has for us. The struggle is real. And the battle is serious. And it's a battle for your soul. Your soul needs to find rest. Distractions. How about just everyday life? Anybody get distracted? Just everyday life. Luke 5.16, but Jesus often withdrew. I'm telling you, be still and know that he is God. And you're going to find rest in your soul. I have calmed and quieted myself. Be intentional about it. Begin to find ways to be still. I can tell you that when I went to that moment, those seven days of, of fasting from my phone, it was not easy. It was not an easy thing to do because I was just like, I'm like everybody else. I sit down, TV's boring for a second, and it's my left hand because it sits on the table. It's right left hand, pull it over, man, and see what's going on with the world. This game's boring. Is there another game that's more exciting, right? Like a it's just constant thing that we do, all of us. And I can tell you that as soon as I was sitting down and and having a moment where I didn't have anything to do, I was like, oh, all right, all right. Now I got my phone is gone everything. uh, What am I going to do now? We ask ourselves, what are we going to do now? Which leads me to the second thing that we've got to do. If you want to be able to find some rest, you need to be still, and then you need to make a plan. Make a plan of what to do during those moments. Make a plan of how you're going to deal with technology. Make a plan so that you can find some rest. I love this, Proverbs 13, 16. It says, wise people think before they act. Fools don't. And they even brag about their foolishness. I love that. I'm telling you, make a plan on what to do with your device. Or you can say, I don't need to make a plan. Which might be bragging about something, right? Right? some foolishness i don't need to make a plan i don't This thing doesn't own me i'm not calling you a fool <laughs> might be proverbs that's all i'm saying that's all i'm saying make a plan on how to be able to actually function with this thing because if you're not careful what you own could own you yeah. we will not be mastered by anything don't be mastered by anything. So come up with a plan. And let me tell you something. Every single team that I've ever been on, every single great team that I've been on, and every single championship team that I see that's around, they have two sides of a game plan. They have a great defense and they have a great offense. So I would tell you, come up with a great defensive plan when it comes to dealing with technology and come up with an offensive plan. Let me help you out. Maybe this can help you with what a good defensive plan might look like when it comes to technology. So here it is. This might work for you. Here's just some ideas. They might work for you. Or if you've got some other ones, that's great. Just come up with a plan. So if you want to be able to be defensive about your your device, maybe you do what I did. Go through a moment where you fast from your phone. Maybe you're like, I can't do seven days. Do one day. Just do one day. Some of, you did. Some of y'all need to do 30 days, don't you? Like, you know who you are. You know? <laughs> but just come up with a defensive plan. That thing is not going to own me. I'm not going to allow it to. And so come up with a plan. Maybe you need to fast from your phone just as I did because I found myself being way too attached to that. I just did. And those seven days did a miracle inside of my life. Maybe you need to fast from your phone. Or maybe you should create a, a no-phone zone. Create a no phone zone inside of your house. Maybe for some of you, dinner table, no phone zone. We don't need to have the phone around when everybody's sitting around the table together and, and everybody's have some conversations with some people, right? You know what I'm talking about? Everybody's been to one of those restaurants where you walked in and you looked at that table and every single person, you know what I'm talking about? Or maybe you don't realize it because you're that table. This is too real for some of y'all, isn't it? Like, I don't feel comfortable with this. Let's talk about something else. Let's talk about, like, can we just talk about hope in the world right now? This is too real. I don't, I feel uncomfortable. Create a no phone zone. Maybe for some of you, that no phone zone can be a certain time time frame. You're having trouble sleeping. You're getting attached to that. Why don't you turn off do not disturb from 10, 10 p.m. to 7 a.m. No phone zone. You need to, I'm telling you, create a plan for yourself so that this thing does not own you. We will not be mastered by anything. I'm not gonna get distracted from what God has for me by some technology, I'm just not gonna do it. Create a plan. Or or maybe for some of you, maybe for some of you it's just some certain apps. It's not that the phone has you, it's certain apps that got you. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Just get rid of Instagram for just just a week, see what happens. People don't need to see all the pictures every, you're gonna survive, okay? You're gonna survive without that little little heart making you feel happy, okay? You can do it. Maybe, maybe for some of you it's a game. Just delete it for seven days. Are you kidding me? I got a streak of, of 48 days going, I can't get You're gonna survive. Some of you are laughing because you know exactly what I'm talking about. Just delete it for seven days and see what can happen. Maybe for some of you, it's even news. There's a news app that you you open that thing up and it puts you. It owns your emotions. I'm gonna tell you right now. For me, I've just stopped watching all the news. I just stopped watching all of it because every time I watch it, I'm just angry. There's no good news? What good news? This is all bad news. The only good news is the gospel. So that's, what God, that's what good news means, right? Like, If something's big enough, somebody's going to end up telling me. That's what I just, somebody's going to tell me something. I don't need to be owned by these things anymore. I don't need to do it. I want to think the best of the world and not the worst at all times. There was a natural disaster that happened. All the time there is, Right? If it, was my, if it happened to my neighbor, I'm going to go help my neighbor. That's, my, that's just where I'm at now. It's just owning me too much. Just delete it. You're going to survive. You're getting too distracted by those things. Be defensive when it comes to how you're using technology. Come up with a plan. If one of those speaks to you, then awesome. If not, I get it. Don't just have a defensive plan. You need to have an offensive plan as well. Technology can be used in a powerful way. So why don't we let it use it? What is the phone really meant to do? It's meant to be, a, it's a form of communication, isn't it? Where we communicate with people and we connect with people, that's what, it, that's what we're supposed to do with this thing, right? So why not let that phone be the ultimate way that you connect with God? Come on now, right? Let's do that. So maybe for some of you in an offensive way that you can master your phone, why don't you let that be the thing? Why don't don't your Bible app, version or whatever Bible app that you use, why not let that be the most used app on your phone? Some of you are like, I don't even, that is a foreign language that you're, come on now, why not let it? The first thing that you do in the morning is you open it up and you're reading your verse of the day. You got a lunchtime that comes up and you open it up and you're going through a devotional that you and your friends are going through together. At nighttime, you open it up and you're sitting down with your kids before they go to bed and you're reading through some bedtime stories with them because that's what we want to be able to do is to train our ways, is to train our children in the ways of the Lord so they will not depart from it. Why not let the Bible app be the ultimate thing that you use your phone for? Or how about your music, right? Everybody's got a music listening app that they have right now. Whatever it is that you use, why not just allow that to be worship music? Why don't you have worship music playing all the time? Worship music in the car. Worship music as you're getting ready for the day. Worship music when you're sitting at lunchtime. Worship music when you're doing spring cleaning and you got that thing turned up so loud that it's bugging your non-believer neighbors. Just let let it fill you. Why not let this thing be used to help us communicate and connect to God? Let's have a plan when it comes to how we're using it so that we're not distracted from these things, but instead we're focused upon Him. You're going to be able to find some rest. Or maybe for some of you, you just meditate upon the Lord. When I'm not holding this thing, And I'm tapping my foot. I don't know what to do. Uh, How do I sit still? I don't know how to sit still. (laughs) You feel like a little five-year-old. Some of you all know what you're talking about. Just sit still for a second. That's you, right? Put your hands in your pockets. Cross your feet. Don't allow yourself to move. Just begin to meditate upon the Lord. That was my seven days. I found myself pulling in different ways. I wanted to reach for that phone even though it wasn't even there. And I had to train myself in those moments. I'm fasting from this so I can focus upon you and have moments throughout the day when you're finding yourself away for those five minutes and meditate upon the Lord. And the last thing to do in an offensive way, and this might be a suggestion for you, you need to tell somebody. Tell somebody, this is what I'm going to do, and this is the plan that I have, and help me stay accountable to it. Don't just let it be something that's off in la-la land. Well, I thought about that on that Sunday when we were talking about it, but I didn't really follow through with it. Don't tell somebody. The wise make plans. Fools are just going to do whatever they want. Make a plan. Be still focus on God. Church, would you please stand with me today? The struggle is real. Finding rest is difficult in this world. And there's some of you in here today, you're at a crossroads. You're at a crossroads of how you're going to be able to deal with with everything that's going on in your life. You can go ahead and stay wore out, or you can choose a different path. Jeremiah 6. This is what the Lord says. Stand. You're standing in here today, standing at the crossroads. You've got a choice inside of your life. There's a crossroad that you're facing today. And some of you are worn out and some of you are tired and you want to be able to find some relief. You want to be able to find some rest for that. You ask for the ancient path. Ask where the good way is and walk in it. And if you follow that narrow road that God has for you, if you follow the path that God has to be still and know that He is the Lord, make sure that you have a plan inside of your life because that's what the wise do. If you do that, Things are going to go well. You're going to find rest. But you're going to say, no, no, no. I don't want to walk in that. I don't want to follow that narrow road. I still want to be able to do what I want when I do it. Just give me rest. And then God's going to say, you know what? I'm going to send somebody inside of your life right now. I'm going to send somebody to, sh- to, to blow the trumpet, get your attention. I'm going to send a friend. To you and say, hey, hey, you know what? The way you're living right now, it's not good. He's going to send a preacher on a Sunday morning to be able to tell you, you know what? You need to pay attention to how you're living this life. You're at a crossroads right now. There's a fork in the road. You're going to choose the narrow path that God has for you? going to lead to some rest, a special rest for you. It's going to allow you to enter into it, or you can choose to keep on doing what you've always done. You can choose to just keep on going on that path and just hope one day that you're just going to stumble upon everything that God has for you. Some of you are going to say, I'm not going to listen. Some of you today are going to say, I'm not doing that. I want to do what I want. I'm grown up. You're at a crossroads today. How are you going to respond? My hope for each and every single one of you today is that you choose rest. And I want you to know that rest is just a choice of way. A choice of way of entering into it A choice of way of following that narrow path, that ancient way that God has for you. A choice of following Jesus and having Him be the master of your soul. That's the choice that you have today. What choice will you make? My hope for each and every single one of you today is you choose rest, you choose Jesus. The choice. The choice is yours right now.